And good evening, everybody. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day. This is Jeff Kalman of Solid Canine Training. The wonderful Joel. Hello, Joel. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Really, really good. You're feeling well. Mm-hmm. Hope everyone's doing fantastic. This is the What Would Jeff Do show. It's a Q&A show. We troubleshoot um, historically unwanted behaviors. It's usually what everybody tunes in for. You know, most people don't need help with, you know, wanted behaviors. If you do, there's lots of free content out there. Um, we also have some fantastic online courses um, that can help you. But uh, most people, because of what the narrative out there in uh, 2023 going into 2024 is, which but it's been going on for a long time, is never teach your dog no. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. So if you want to call it, we call it a punishment, a correction, call it anything you want. It's a negative. So we don't talk science here, though, but it, there is something called rewards and there is something called punishment. And I precede each one of my beginning of my shows, or I start each one of my shows talking about this because if you tuned in the show to learn about how to train your dog to do something, it, you're going to think that this not that's not what we do. 95% of what we do actually is train dogs what we want. Now, people do need help with that, but they don't need as much help with that as they do in stopping unwanted behaviors. That's where the big pain point is. That's why people are giving up their dogs, running their dogs, li- living a limited life. Um, and since we've been doing this for about 20 years, um, we've got lots and lots and lots of information because we specialize in stopping unwanted behaviors. So let's go through the questions right now. People type in their questions. Joel reads them and I answer them. And we are streaming live tonight on Rumble, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on ooh, 20 or so podcast channels. So welcome, everybody. And thank you for joining us. What do we got, Joel? All right. Dana says, took my dog to the barn yesterday. We were having our Christmas party, and there were lots of dogs and puppies. Mm. He cried and whined incessantly, clearly not focused on anything other than the dogs. Obviously, I have failed somewhere in my training. How does one go about repairing this giant hole? Well, there's nothing to repair, and you didn't fail. So, Dana, don't be so hard on yourself. Obviously, yes, you've got to start teaching your dog how to behave when there's large crowds. You also put your dog in not in, in in a bad situation at all. But you put your dog in the most challenging situation, maybe not the most challenging, but a highly challenging situation that your dog, if it's not used to being in crowds with lots of dogs, to even pay attention to you, to even pay attention to you. So I don't know what, how you've trained. Um, I don't know what you've done. Um, you can say you've trained like we do, but that doesn't mean anything because we didn't train the dog. Um, but how much distraction work did you do with your dog? So for instance... And then do you have a, do- a way to stop whining in general? So number one, does your dog have a good baseline a level of obedience? Number two, have you generalized that in high distraction areas around all kinds of distractions, whether they're environmental, whether they are with people, whether they're with dogs, whether they're cats, chickens, farm animals, et cetera? And do you have an effective no, where the dog actually stops the unwanted behavior and learns from that no and doesn't keep repeating it. So then they all of a sudden will stop doing it in the future. Um, so that's what I would suggest. So if you had a, uh, so if you e-cower train your dog, whining can be stopped with e-cowers, but a lot of times dogs will blow through them because the um, excitement, anticipation um, always overrides a lot of, um, a lot of training. Even the most highly trained dogs can, 
not do well in certain situations. We see it all the time. We get competition dogs in here for rehab. Maybe they've got one or two things that um, um, they, they're struggling with. And these are highly trained dogs, but they can't focus on a walk unless it's yeah. in a ring. So different environments, hasn't been generalized. Uh, so you, there's nothing to necessarily repair. If anything, it's just to learn more. So you're not repairing anything because you didn't break anything. You just got to teach more, which is exciting. So if the dog has the baseline already out there, now you just have to start generalizing it into higher levels of distractions. So start out with small distractions and then start leading up to larger distractions. Next. GB Bucks Best Dogs says, hey guys, can you comment on e-collars and dog fights or even a scuffle on leash versus off leash? E-cow, well, this multi-tiered here. Comment on e-collars with scuffles. Um, okay, so first of all, if it's a scuffle, not a fight, if it's a scuffle, you easily can break off a dog fight with an e-collar. Now, every once in a while, you can intensify it. But guess what? Not using one intensifies it as well. So people will say, don't use an e-collar. Um, it'll make the dogs fight or fight harder. And my, my opinion is don't do anything. It'll make the dogs fight harder and maybe more frequently. Um, so if a dog's are, there's different levels of fighting. Some dogs have to be choked out to break up the fights. Like people are like, oh, just do the wheelbarrow move and just, you know, grab them to do this. It's like, no, you have to choke up the dog or it won't stop. It will not stop. It's committed to the fight. It's committed to the bite and it will not let go. The more yelling and screaming and, you know, hitting, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to just intensify the dog clamping down. There's no such thing as lockjaw, but we'll just call it clamping down for the sake of it. So in that scenario, will an e-collar break up a fight? It's probably less than a 50% chance that it will. The best way to break up the fight is you can give it a shot. Like definitely say, you know, highest level, correct the dog. You can give it a shot, um, but you're better off just taking the time to get over to the dog as quick as possible and choke the dog out. If it has a flat buckle collar, grab it, twist. If it has a slip lead, hold it up in the air till the dog loses oxygen. Um, if you, neither of those work, and if your dog doesn't have any equipment on it, if you have a leash in your hand, wrap it around the dog's neck, you can easily do that. Slip it through the handle, turns into a noose, hold the dog up, or get on top of the dog basically and do a rear naked choke um, and make the dog pass out. But as far as e-collar, like, we have dogs that rough play, and if and, but the, both dogs know the out command. And if we say out, they'll they'll break off from each other, and they'll be like, "Okay, we're done playing." But that's not the same as a fight. Now, if you've got a dog that's like is definitely a, more of a dominant dog, and he starts doing some or she starts doing some dominant posturing, the out command can work for that as well. So there's a lot of different levels. Now, how do you know? You don't know until you know. Mm. You don't know until you know. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, it might make it worse. And I'm like, but it might not. So you can give it a, you can, you can give it a shot. You know, if you're, if you're rehabbing a dog, you do it with a muzzle on the dog and you can sort of tell if that was like for a known biting dog, it's like, yep, that would have been a bite. That would have been an attack, but it can't, it can't bite because it has a muzzle, but it's still, if you've been around enough fighting dogs, like we have, you'll know that it's like, yep, that would have been a bite. It's no different than if the dog redirects on your leg because it, it often redirects, even the leash reactive dog will redirect. It's like, yep, that would have been a bite. So next. Um, GB Bucks said, perfect. Thank you for, thank you. Huge help. 
Metal Chicks is a good evening, friends. Hey, Metal Chicks. Hey, Abby you? says hello all. Hey, Abby. Hey, Abby, how are you? Hey, Snuggle Buns. Hey, Constance. We got all our friends here tonight. Hey, awesome. Um, let's see. Glenn, how do you prevent a dog who has anxiety from licking and tearing through blankets? Do I use the e-collar to stop that or something else? Well, there's a lot of different things you can do. Number one, do it in the blankets because your dog could die. So get, dog doesn't need blankets. It can sleep. If it's if it's in a crate, it can sleep on the plastic. We have so many dogs that sleep on the plastic. We have dogs that sleep on cement. Mm -hmm. Because um, not currently, but at our training center, we had dogs that got, we have to, we'd have to even remove the plastic trays. Or we have kennels that were that had no floor at all. So they couldn't get a bed. They couldn't get a pet cot because they would destroy the pet cot at 80 bucks a piece. Um, they can't get blankets because they would tear the blankets up, possibly ingest it and die. So there's a bunch of different things you can do. We've got, first of all, yes, the e-cower absolutely 100% can be used to stop this behavior. So let's get that. And if anyone says it'll make it worse, and I'm like, well, not using an e-cower can make it worse as well. Yeah. And if you say, if anybody ever says it, it can make it worse, then you must tell me, this is what professional anybody does in any um, trade. If you're going to say it makes it worse, then you better be prepared to tell me step by step how to make it better. So whenever you hear someone says, don't do that, it'll make it worse, just flip it on them and say, fine. Then tell me how to do it so it doesn't make it worse, please. Oh, well, you should talk to a behaviorist, talk to a trainer. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't have to talk to a trainer for you to tell me it's going to make it worse. Like you did, you gave me that advice so confidently. Yeah. But now when I ask you how to do it, now you back out and say, I actually don't know. Talk to a professional. It's like maybe we should talk to a professional about the pros and cons of like, e towers. We actually are the professionals, right. though. <laughs> so, right. So, teach your dog also proper crate protocols if it's happening in the crates. Um, but so we have a we have a kennel drills where the dog this is them they're practical they're useful and in some situations they're almost mandatory because um, the dog will destroy things. Crate is also different than a mud room, a laundry room, a bathroom. A crate is a crate is a crate. Also, I've been in tiny houses um, with so we're talking about 500 square feet around, and the people owned two dogs and they had crates in their tiny house. So when people say we don't have room for them, unless you live in a, in a, even in a van, you can put a crate in a van and that's less than 500 square feet. So there is room, there is room. You have to be creative sometimes. So kennel drills, dog goes in the kennel, lies down. That's what you're gonna be training. Lie down, put your head down, be quiet. No whining, no barking. If you stand up, you'll, we'll give you information with the remote collar that says to go back down. This is all silent, we do this. We've got videos on this as well. All of our advice has videos, at least the majority of it does. Um, also, if you see the dog licking, you can absolutely use the remote collar. What level? Level enough for the dog to stop and not want to keep doing it. But there's going to be reminders you have to give the dog because it's an OCD behavior. It's not going to stop usually the first time. But we get dogs that come in that have got massive hot spots. That, um, which, by the way, quick derm is great for hotspots. Quick derm, um, and by the even without addressing that directly, it organically goes away by all the structure, all of our training, all the state of mind work that we do with dogs, and they stop doing it. They learn how to just go to bed, or lie down and relax, or stop doing this OCD behavior. But dogs, they'll bite their nails, they'll bite on the crate, they'll over, they'll lick, they'll lick the crates, they lick themselves, they nibble on themselves. All that stuff can be stopped. Next.
Um, Sam says, hey, J&J. Allison says, hey, happy Monday, J squared. Sam said, your podcast gave me an excuse for taking a break from putting lights on the tree. Thank you. LOL. Awesome. Glad we can help. I can even give you um, uh, uh, lights on the tree are the worst. More more advice. Get get an artificial tree that's already lit. Pre-lit, baby. That's right. Plug it in. Comes in two, three, four parts. Boom. Put it together. Plug it in. We're going to have to take our Christmas lights down soon. I feel like I just put the things up. We can leave them up year round. Leave them up year round. Be those people. Um, Chris says, wow, come on command is such a game changer. Thank you for making this filled in the small stuff I was missing. Mm. This journey is making me a better trainer and dog handler. Awesome. I appreciate you. Awesome. And yeah, if oh, everybody so wants good. to know, come on command is still at pre-sale. It keeps going up in price. It's going to go up in a couple of days because I'm almost done editing everything. Yeah. So and, and almost the last videos are almost going up and, um, the dog is back home doing, He's doing so good. So good. Killing it. Clean with the owner. And um, there's so many videos. In fact, I did a little bit of a taping today to explain the video in detail a little bit more. We only show pretty much the difficult things, the troubleshooting things. There's not a lot of success we're showing in the video because that's easy to do. That's easy to do. We can easily show the success and be like, look, the dog is calm. We show a lot of we show a lot of troubleshooting. The dog making lots of mistakes. Us making mistakes, client making mistakes. We're showing you how to work through them because as educational dog trainers and real world family pet dog trainers, that's the job. The job is to actually not hold things back. The job is to actually show people how to actually get the results that we do because you can do this. Yeah. You can do this. Like as I'm editing the video and I'm just putting this out there, is it, I don't know if anyone's wondering this or not, but it's like, why is this portion seem to be clipped or like, why does it, I'm editing it down a for time and B it's like, if cage just like doing great walking along, it's like, it's kind of, it makes boring content. Right. So I take a lot of that out. And then also for full transparency, Courtney and I clearly don't know how to shut the hell up. No, you don't. Like we're literally talking like, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, cause when we're with our clients, we talk to them like, yeah, you're our friends. So we're just like, blah, 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 blah. Like not even yep. talking about dog training. Yep. I'm like, damn, I got to take that out. I got to take that out. Because mm-hmm. some of it's like personal. Mm-hmm. So we're not hiding anything. The stuff that I edit is just like well, a lot of stuff that is not, like, <laughs> it does not pertain I mean, to the course. Kate was with us for almost 1,000 hours. Yeah. There's probably 200 plus hours of video taken. Oh, yeah. There's no way. No, like, who wants Kate, to watch Kate, that? Him walking. Walking along nicely. Wow. Been walking nicely in Home Depot for 20 minutes, which is an average excursion time. Like that doesn't help. But the three minutes where we're troubleshooting, where we're troubleshooting, that's going to be edited out. But it's really, really funny because whenever I make videos, Joelle is like, Jeff, stop <laughs> talking so much because I have to edit it out. And here we are. The one video that I'm really not in. Okay. This is basically I'm the, like, damn, Courtney. Why are we talking this is so basically much? The Courtney and Joel project. The two ladies couldn't fucking keep their mouths closed. We're like in Home Depot, like in the, like around <laughs> the, <laughs> like, oh, the pesticide out smells so bad. I'm like, oh my God, I got to take that out. If I would have said that, the whole freaking video would have been thrown in the trash. Uh, anyway, um, let's see. Metal Texas said, seeing the mistakes and navigating the troubleshooting is what unlocks all of it. It is so yeah. helpful to see what we as owners experience and how to work through it. And the majority of dog trainers 
would never do that because number one, it doesn't look ego, good. It doesn't look good. And it looks like you don't know what you're doing, but it's like, we're making how to helpful videos for folks who actually don't know what they're doing, or there's a dog they're working with that they're, that they're um, stumbling, struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Dana said, thank you so much for your reply. I better get to work. Yeah. Yeah, but Dana, this is a normal, you're, 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 everything you describe sounds normal. That's normal dog behavior, not acceptable. I want to do, I want, I, I want my dogs to do better than that. And you want your dog to do better than that. That's why you're on the show, but it's not unusual. Don't think you're like, oh my gosh, I've got a dog. That's like, I messed up with, you didn't mess up with the dog. Mm-hmm. If anything, you just haven't, maybe the dog just hasn't learned certain things. That's all you, you got this next. Sunshine Canine said, hey, hey, hey hello. How are you? Joyful Canine said, loved your guys' Christmas outfits. You looked fantastic. Great elf gear. Yeah, great. Real fucking Thanks. great. Got to the goddamn party. I could have worn a sweater. I know. I'm like, I should have worn just like my Christmas actually, pajamas. Actually, but actually today at TJ Maxx, when we were picking up a couple of little gifts, mm-hmm. um, I walked by some sweaters and it was the perfect sweater because it had elf on it. Oh, it did? And it was an, like an ugly Christmas sweater, but with elf on it. It would have been the perfect sweater. Mm-hmm. Could have picked up for $14.99. Well, you did buddy instead. You looked great. Sean, I rescued a shepherd who chases shadows and lights. The Uh, previous owners used lasers to play with the dog. I was just going to say, sounds like a laser dog. And how to course correct that. Yep. So I've worked, back when I used to go to people's homes in the first eight years of my career, I worked with many laser pointer dogs. And it passes on to ceiling fans, light coming in, reflections off people's watches, reflections off glass, any little thing like that at all. Please don't use a laser pointer for your dog unless you're in the military and you want your dog to search a special unit. And those laser point lasers are infrared anyway, red light. So um, remote collar or a bonker. So the question is, how do I stop? Remember, we have to work when you whenever you're thinking about this, and I recommend something. Some people are like, won't that make it worse? And I always go back to the core roots of the question. How do I stop my dog from chasing? shadows it has to be a punitive based protocol that's the answer and when someone then will say well when's the reward not being punished is the reward you don't give your dog a reward for not chasing the shadow i'm so surprised that this is not a more popular concept well it's popular jeff because it's wrong it's like no it's popular because it works but nobody wants to talk about it because we've done it so many times with dogs. As soon as the dog starts focusing on the shadow, no, correct. Well, what should the dog do? But this is then what you do. Once you taught your dog what not to do, guess what you do? You actually set the dog up to fail. You can even get a laser pointer out eventually just to proof the dog. Sounds mean. It's not mean. It's real world. And anyone that ever trains, in, say, you're, say you're in the military, say you um, uh, do sports, say even like, I don't know why this just came to mind, a stenographer. You go to stenography school, all's good in the classroom. Now we're putting you into a courtroom where there's different accents, people talking different um, dialects, all this kind of stuff. And you've got to do real world stenography. It's like you need to set things up in, in the real world where the dog will fail so it learns that that's not the choice it makes it's supposed to make the acceptable choice next 
Um, Katie says, what is the best way to socialize or desensitize a four-month-old puppy that is aggressively fearful of children? The kids already leave her alone, but they can't come in the room without a reaction. Okay. So, wait, four months old, that's a problem, as you know. So, it, what I would do is, if the kids are already leaving her alone, so the presence of a child at four months old, this is a reaction of the dog, the, I would get a bonker for a four-month-old dog, no, and then bonk. Also, on a proactive level. Most people are not doing enough on the proactive level. So a four-month-old dog is already halfway in our world, halfway to being awfully trained. Now that the meaning by six months old, it can be awfully trained, which is not six months is not half four is not half of six, but still. The point being is no and then bonk. And a lot of people will say, create a positive association with the kids. Right now, it would be dangerous to do. Right now, you stop the unwanted behavior. The creating a positive association can come down the road. The number one priority, though, is stopping the unwanted behavior. Dogs should also be on a leash, and then you should be role-playing scenarios. Kids are out of the room. Kids come in the room. Kids are out of the room. Kids come in the room. Also, train the dog some proactive stuff, like a good downstay, the place command, but then also, does the dog know how to stop an unwanted behavior, any unwanted behavior? Does the dog know how to stop growling around the food bowl, barking up the door, jumping on people? Um... Uh, when it when it when it breaks when it breaks command, does the dog know how to um, actually hold on to hold on to a command? Next. Did I already read Metal Chicks on Rumble? I'm like losing. There's so many comments tonight. Seeing the mistakes and navigate. Yes. Okay. Um. Let's see. GB Buck says I continue to see improvement with all the behaviors just by teaching recall work. Have a dog that didn't drop it before. Now the client can do play retrieve with her dog awesome. with their dog. That's, that's a lot of that's a that's a bonus because that's a lot of fun. It's a great way to exercise your dog too, and then you, that can be transferred into the water too if they want to swim their dog. Mm. Next, um, let's see. Joyful Canine. I have a client requesting to train her dog with and without e collar for barking and charging the door. I said, why? She says, because when she goes away, the parents care for the dog and they will not use the remote. Well, they can put a bark collar on the dog. They can put a bark collar on the dog. So if the, if the, if the, if the people that are not willing to use the remote, that's fine. There's lots of ways to do it. You can, stop, you can stop barking with a bonker, but they have to be able to do something. But you do all the hard work. Or the, 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 the owner does all the hard work in instilling a good no into the dog. But when they go to the the parent's house, if the dog does not believe the owners, the no is not valuable. And this is just common sense. Well, then the dog's not trained. Yes, it is trained. But the dog doesn't believe the owners. Do you think anybody in the world can just bark an order at the dog and it's going to listen? It doesn't work that way. Everyone loves to talk about relationship. It's like, yeah, if the relationship is, I can do what I want around these humans then the dog's not going to listen to you. These are not robots. Next. Um, let's see. Michelle, my 10-month-old lab is crated when we're in the car traveling. Sometimes when we arrive at our destination, she does not want to get out of her kennel. She sits and just stares at us. If we reach toward her to attach the leash, she'll use her teeth on our hands. How can we get her to come out of the crate nicely? So you're doing a lot of role-playing. So you role-play this with a crate on the ground. And you, um, well, first of all, if if the dog has to jump down and it has an injury, just be aware of that. So maybe it's like every time I come out of the crate, I've got to jump in, off the, say, the back of an SUV or even any surface and it hurts my body. So just think about that. The gist of it is, though, keep a leash, you can actually keep a leash on your dog. Um, the easiest thing to be do is keep a leash on your dog in the crate. You can do that. 
I mean, there is a small level of uh, safety issue. The dog could choke, but it's pretty slim. It's pretty slim. So the crate, the leash comes um, out of the crate. So you can pick up the, the, the leash, open up the door, and then drag the dog out, command the dog to come out. So you do a bunch of leash drills in in, in, in on command, out on command, in on command, out on command. So you'll do that. As far as though, you can start also doing clicker training with leash on, leash off, leash on, leash off, leash on, leash off. If the dog growls at you, you would say, no, we bonk the dog. No, bonk. You don't even have to, you don't have to throw it. You just read no, bonk. Um, you can also use an e-tower for that as well. Uh, I would suggest putting a slip lead on the dog though at first to come out of the crate because then you're not sticking your hands right in there. It's just a slip lead. We have dogs that attack us that we're able to get slip leads on. Um, so I would start with all of those things. Do all your crate drills out of the car um, as many different ways as you can. And then also your dog could be um, in a down. So the dog can't be sitting in the back of the crates. We see this all the time with dogs. They hide all the way in the back. So if the dog was in a down, and if it's a small enough crate, you can get it, you can get to the um, the dog's collar. So those are a couple pieces of advice for you. Next. Uh, GB Buck says, I want to do more working through videos, but I have several clients who don't want to be on camera. Their house, any structures, structures but i'm trying to feel it out any suggestions yeah no you're gonna get that like we have a lot of times so we i'm really comfortable on camera um so a lot of times we'll we'll make a even a testimonial video of a client mm -hmm. um and they'll be like people will be like wow they look so nervous and i'm like that's because they're not used to having camera stuff shoved in their face being asked questions like everybody doesn't have isn't camera ready at all times. Yeah. Some people actually don't. Now, if somebody doesn't want their, we get the, we, we get this, they don't want, they don't want to be on film. Mm -hmm. Nope, I don't want to be on film for numerous reasons. They don't want to be on film. It could be their job. It could be um, safety and security of, of themselves, of their family. It could be because they're embarrassed that dogs badly behaved. It could be because they've gone to four other dog trainers in the same town and they don't want to be know that, that they went to you. It could be because they don't want people to know they use tools because maybe they've got this built up stereotype still and they're, and they're pressured by society by using tools. So you can yeah. always just, we put in our contract that we'll be filming and some people say, I don't want to be on film. My dog can be on film. I don't want to be on film. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So the goal is to work with enough clients and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Next. Um, that's also another reason though why... <laughs> Like when I feel like every go home session we've ever put out, like full start to finish, I can't put the full start to finish because we talk to our clients like they're our friends. But it's not so like we get personal, like we talk about, so like I do have to edit some stuff. It's not just we talk to them like we're our friends. We also just talk to them like clients and there's personal issues. We've got, yeah. we got marital issues. We've got um, uh, roommate issues, housemate issues. They've got like stuff about their parents, their in-laws. Like there's all kinds of stuff well, about themselves. Saying, like, yeah, but yeah. we're not just very, we're not just like, this is how you train your right. dog. These are, these like, are. We talk like human beings. They're live client sessions. Yeah. So we're not, we're not but like, I do protect their privacy. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Like if they say something, oh my God, I can't stand my mother-in-law. I'll never let her walk. I'm well, not going to put that in there. That gets like, in the, that's in the preview reel. That's like, the, we use that to sell the course. So like, obviously I protect my client's privacy. Yes, absolutely. Next. Um, Amalfi. Oh, that's Kim. Hey guys, I can't tell you how many times I thought we are never going to get our shit together, but I never gave up. And for the first time in two years, we were doing pack walks with another person from here and passing other dogs without reacting awesome. that's awesome. amazing well, well kim i've often said to you you're 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 
working a little bit too slow. You need to get out of your comfort zone. But I can't tell someone, get out of your comfort zone and just do it. It's like, stop being depressed. Be happy. It's like, right. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. She's learning through her own experiences now, so which every, is great. Everyone's on their own speed and their own path. But I think most people, though, are there's a little bit of fear or hesitation to take chances when they have a history of failing. And I'm like, trust the training, trust mm -hmm. the training. We have clients that go homes. Think about this. You drop your drug off six weeks prior. It would, it was leash reactive, redirected on you, um, uh, dragged you down the street. Whenever it saw a dog, you went nuts. Um, it doesn't listen to any of your commands. Now you see it it's in six weeks and you're getting training. Do you think you are magically going to all of a sudden just be like, oh, I'm not nervous walking down the street anymore? No, it takes it takes successful walks in order to do that. But you're going to be nervous. It's, that's, that's, nor that's normal. Also, the dog is going to give you a hard time most likely because of, again, association. Association. These are the people where I act like a fool. Like we have dogs that never jump on us after the first day. They never ever jump on us. We can't even sometimes get them to jump on us unless we actually trained the jump command, which we don't do. Um, but with their owners, even after the boarding train, they try to jump on them all the time. Oh, yeah. Until the owner does what we did. But the exactly. dog knows not to jump. They know not to jump. Next. Metal Chicks has said, if you instill a good no in your dog, will that transfer to someone else who's holding your dog accountable without tools? Well, let's forget about the tool conversation. Let's talk about dog training. Because you can use, you can, like, we say no to our dogs all the time and they don't have tools because they understand the word no. So will it transfer to someone else? All depends. Angelo can work our dogs. Angelo's my 11-year-old. He's been working dogs since he was born, but he's not, a, you know, he just can tell them what to do. But they're trained dogs. They'll listen to him. But they also look at him like a, uh, a figure that they should listen to. But if a complete stranger walked up to um, one of my dogs and said, down, my dog wouldn't down for them. No. Nor There's usually has to be some sort of belief system instilled. It's like our dogs listen to Angelo because we've backed him up previously. If our dogs blow him off, we back them up with the remote, right. obviously. Or a consequence. Or some right. sort of consequence. So if this is a totally new person and just tells your dog, no, your dog's going to be like, I don't believe you. Right. Like, until you give me a reason to. Here's one even better. Why is it that your your dog walker or your next door neighbor who walks your dog does a better job than you and you're the one that trained the dog mm -hmm. and you're and you're because because the dog believes the next door neighbor it's not because it's a male female thing it's not a height thing it's not a dominant thing it's a believability thing it's a believability thing this is not getting talked about enough we've been talking about it for 20 years and to 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 oh well you just suck as a dog trainer if the dog doesn't listen to, to everyone i'm like really so you never heard of association before really so you've never gone to a couple because these are people that don't work with a lot of families or they don't actually get results or they don't work with families in their home environment or they don't do board and train so it's hard for them to see the big picture and i'm like so you've never actually had a couple come in as a client and they both say, oh, the dog listens to both of us exactly the same. Really? Said no, said no couple ever. It's like, no. And if you think it's like, you both live in the same house, you both see the dog about the same time. Why does the dog listen to both of you? Because the dog doesn't believe that one person. So it's not a tool conversation. It's a believability conversation. Next. Yup.
And if you guys are in the common command course, you'll see it. Kate is great with his female owner. Male owner? No. Not so much. Not good. Doesn't believe him yet. Yep. But you see it happen. The video I think I just yeah. put up today. I don't know if Tony's added it. I edited it today, so it's probably going to go up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There's a couple times where the owner does have to give Kate a couple good corrections because he's right. loading on a cat, a random cat, and blows. What, what and, the we, fuck? and we show it. We screaming, show it. Screaming and all. He vocalizes, and oh, guess yeah. what? After two corrections, he believed he started doing right. fantastic right. for that owner. And that's what's really important, also, as dog trainers. It's like we don't have that issue with most of our clients' dogs. Once we've trained them, we don't have a lot of issues with the dogs. Give them to the owner. The owner still struggles a little bit. So it's not, that's what people have to understand is the human teaching of another human is the most important part of the dog training industry. The most laborious part is getting the dog trained, whether the owner does it or you do it and then you teach them. But owner training is the most important part. It can be difficult, all depends on the human. Mm -hmm. Glenn said, is e-collar a permanent thing or do the dogs eventually learn what and what not to do? All depends on the dog. Mm-hmm. all depends on the dog but we can say the same thing for food i see more dogs on food constantly than on e-cowers but for outside for, for this way is dog training a permanent thing again what's what's i like to flip the script because i don't want to just focus on e-cowers an e-cower is a useless piece of equipment unless the dog is trained on it food is a useless piece of equipment unless the dog is trained on it but so many the trainers because we use food as well but so many trainers don't do a variable and end up doing a variable reward system and then no more food and then accountability for lack of compliance of, an, of a known behavior for dog training. And then they rely on food or reward every single time. Can you just actually have a voice controlled dog? The answer is yes, but it all depends on you, the dog and your training. But our dogs listen, our dogs listen to us. Big deal. We're dog trainers and there are dogs. But can the average person with their own dog who does the work, can they get their dog underneath voice control without any equipment? Of course they can. People have been doing it for thousands of years. Now, what I would recommend is off-leash, outside, if the dog is e-cower trained, put the e-cower on the dog. Why would you want to take that chance? That one in a thousand chance that the dog doesn't listen to you chases something into the street, goes after somebody, goes after another dog, even just to say hi. So having a way to communicate with your dog non-verbally at a distance or close is fantastic. So, but that's a common thing people say, well, if your dog's on an e-collar, it always has to be used, always have to have an e-collar on it. Okay. How many people out there that we have met that have never taken their dog off leash outside? Ever. Ever. They've never had their dog off leash. I'm like, so you always use the leash? Like, we can say the exact same thing. I'm not being defensive here. I'm just trying to get people to look at the big, big, big picture about training. Like, why would, you mean you never play chuck it with your dog? You don't swim your dog in the ocean? You don't go on off-leash hikes? You don't play chuck it? Mm. You don't play frisbee? Wow. So there's tons of people that would never have the dog. In fact, the majority of dogs cannot be off-leash. They might be off-leash, but they don't listen off-leash. Next. Put up a video on that tomorrow. Sunshine Canine says, yo, pre-lit is the shit <laughs> for trees. I agree. So easy. But then the downside is you have to fucking 
do all this with the branches oh when you God. get the fake That's ones. so difficult it to do. It is so annoying. It you is. have to shape your tree. Oh. Where if you get a real one, it just falls and looks nice automatically. Yep, yep. You say that because you're not the one doing it. Getting that freaking white fake shit all in your hair all over you. It like sticks to you. Makes uh-huh. you itchy. That's why I'm saying it. Yep. That's why I'm saying yeah. it. Yeah. Joyful Canines, I really appreciate you guys doing what no social media trainers do often, which is showing the mistakes and troubleshooting. It's literally reality. Thank you for that. Thank you. Real dog trainers who are documenting their work on social media. That's a sticker for me because we had called social media dog trainer, which is mm-hmm. fine. I'm not, Jesse is fine. But I'm just saying, though, it's like, no, we actually work with dogs. We don't want to just spew out advice. We show, we show what we talk about. And if we don't know it, we don't talk about it. We keep our mouth shut. Next. Um, Kim said, definitely fear due to his bite history. Yeah, I get it. Sounds like you're getting out of your comfort zone, though. Oh, Kim has fear. Got With it. Thumper, yes. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Of mm-hmm. course. That's normal. Uh, Metal Chicks has said, I'm guilty of needing to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I, most people are. They're not giving their dog enough credit. But if you do the work, do the process, you know, do the training, you've got to start getting out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Your dog can do better than you think it can. And then people are surprised. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, your dog's got it. Your dog's got it. Next. Yeah. Lindsay, I walk two dogs on an e-collar, same remote. Any advice on going back and forth between both dogs, having to dial up and down between both for loading? I find it hard sometimes to keep switching between both dogs, going up and down while they're loading to find the right number. Or should I just use the same number for both dogs, if that makes sense? Well, number one, this should be a temporary issue because the loading should be going away rather quickly. I've got a feeling you might be underwhelming your dog, but any tips you got to get really good at black button, red button. If you're using a, a, a mini educator and dialing up and dialing down without looking at the dials. But as far as the same number, well, loading is a high number. So as long as the number is up there and it makes the dog stop, stop loading, it, it can be relatively simple. But if you find yourself using the remote most mostly for stopping loading, just keep it up. Just keep the level up. But it's just a skill set. It's just a skill set. You know, you know, running a remote smoothly is definitely a learned behavior. It's mm-hmm. definitely awkward for people, especially if you're left-handed, because it's not designed for left-handed people. So next. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Jeeves, the Doberman, thanks for including the go-home session with the Doberman and the common command bonuses. My Doberman is confident but gets stuck, and a lot of the handling tips you gave those owners are so helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's part of the bonuses, too. It was, like, all the live classes we did in 2023. Yeah, there's so. a shitload of stuff in there. So many, it's, yeah. You know, there's, a, there's a shitload of stuff in there. It's And all of our courses are pretty much cheaper than sometimes a one our session with a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. It's incredible the value you get. get a fully trained dog with yep. our courses. Yep, exactly. Let's see. GB Bucks, every point you hit on tonight, I'm doing every day with my lessons. Love the application you guys show. I'm pushing much more now and not holding back. Good for you. Good, Good for yeah. you. And we need more trainers to be doing it. Like, mm-hmm. This industry, this industry with dog trainers that are that are actually training with the way you're supposed to, with what do you mean supposed to? I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to teach your dog yes and no. Um, they're starting to, like, they're sugarcoating things, and they're not being fully disclosed because they're afraid of social media pushback. It's just like, it's like, start telling the truth. Start being honest. Get rid of assholes on your page that want to just pull you or, you know, ban and delete people. And it's like, you 
the, the, the conversation, it's been kicking in the ass. So people are holding back because they're afraid of social media pushback. Just like I predicted in the UK, pretty soon you'll be breaking the law because the, the folks out there that are total fanatics, they're trying to ban basically everything you do with your dog. They're trying to ban words. They're trying to ban speech, just like Canada is trying to ban, ban speech. The dog training world is trying to ban speech. Commands you give to your dog, like no, which is stupid because you can just come up with any other word. I'll just say teach my dog broccoli means don't do it. What are you going to do, ban broccoli now? I'd love to see that fucking legislation and get your ass locked, locked out of the fucking courtroom. Next. Debbie says, hey, guys, I have a client with three dogs. One is a tiny Boston who, when with a husband, is okay. But when wife is wanting to walk with him on a dog walk, she starts to scream and jump on his legs screaming. We've tried bonker, prong, corrections. Everything makes her escalate. Yep. So number one is the wife doing enough, is the wife doing any walks by herself. So it could be a couple of things. It could be over arousal. It doesn't sound like the dog is resource guarding the wife. It doesn't sound like it from what you described just in your short little description. It could be, but it doesn't sound like it. Um, it could be over. It could be that the wife is the fun person and the dog doesn't want to be serious on the walk and it wants to go and do something fun or be with it next to the wife and the dog is objecting. So it sounds like these are all objecting behaviors. I don't want to walk next to you. I want to walk next to her, or I want to be with her, or I want to play with her, or I want to do what I want with her. So that could be it. Now, how do we how do we stop that? What I would do is right at the beginning of the walk, I would do the pre-walk punisher, and I, I'd have the wife do it. So the wife can right at the threshold of the door, and your Boston's eyes, the Boston's eyes will not pop out because I've bonked many Boston in my Boston's in my life. Because being in New England, there's a lot of Boston Terriers um, named Fenway. And so true. It is true. It's literally my sister's dog's name. And um, and I would I would have the wife. You start the walk. Go to the front door. The wife can say no. Boom! Bonk the dog. Pre walk punisher is a game changer. Next. Sid says good evening, J and J and gang. Hey Sid, how are hey, you? Sid, how are you? Um, Kay Wolf. Hey friends. Another great pack walk with Kim and Thumper. Finn was way more aroused and I just could not snap him out of it. Would a high level e-collar correction at the start be like a pre-walk bonker? We do that. Yep. Any, any pre-walk punisher works and people, a lot of people struggle with that concept. Like, so I'm correcting my dog for doing nothing bad. It's like, well, you're not doing it every second of the day or every hour on the hour of the day. But whenever we want to look, say, teach a dog what a clicker is, we give them a reward for doing nothing, except for like noticing the sound, maybe looking at us. So it goes both ways. You want to teach the dog what a reward is. You want to teach the dog what a punisher is. You want to teach the dog what yes is and what no is, if those are the two marker words you use. Next. Arik says, in green to graduate, during CS heel, what is the purpose of facing the dogs and walking into him? And then when he walks away from you, how would you teach him? How would that teach him to want to be close to your leg? So that's, that's, spatial that's not, pressure. not CS heel as much as it is a, is a spatial pressure protocol. Because you can do that without a remote collar. So it's teaching the dog spatial pressure. We talk a lot about spatial pressure. So spatial pressure, it's not an e-collar protocol, a CS protocol. It is a, um, a, a, a spatial awareness protocol. Sp 
pressure on and pressure off can be used in many different things. And if people ride horses, they'll understand this. People work with dogs, obviously, you'll understand this as well, or maybe not. Everything is pressure on, pressure off. Leash, pressure on, leash, pressure off. Remote pressure on, remote pressure off. Don't give you food, pressure is on. Give you the food, pressure is off. Move my body into you, it increase, increases the pressure on the dogs. It's called spatial pressure. Very powerful. Dogs use it on, on each other all the time to change them to, to move away, to um, uh, 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 communicate with them in, a, in, a, in an animal way. What it does is it teaches the dog to just follow you. Right, you're so, claiming space. You're not necessarily like teaching heel in that moment, but you're like, don't forge ahead. Don't step in front of me. Don't try to cross over my boundary. You're teaching the dog like, when I push back, you push back. And then when I start walking, you follow. Now, now the dog's on a leash when you're doing this. So when you ask, how's the dog supposed to learn how to be next to you? Just watch the video. Mm -hmm. Watch the video. We do it. We show it to you right there in front of you. It's literally how we teach heel to every single dog. So we, we show, we, in the video, it shows the dog healing. Mm -hmm. So we do it. To, so the answer is, they, they rewatch the video a couple of times. The answer is right there. The answer is right there. But it's great for spatial awareness because some dogs don't care about leash pops. Some dogs don't care about, you know, any equipment they have on them. Some dogs don't obviously don't care about the leash. Mm -hmm. But spatial pressure is huge. But you have to have, make sure you have the leash on the dog because if not, yeah, your dog will run away. Next. Barking Bakers. Hi, sorry, late to the podcast. I'm watching Calm on Command whining. When the dog gets an e-collar correction and screams, as my dog does, do we dial up or down the next time? Try both. Courtney matches his energy usually. Yeah. So normally she's on pretty low levels, but if he starts escalating, yep, she it. starts escalating. Yep. Then she'll come back down historically. So there's a, there's a, it's called fishing. You're going up and down that dial trying to figure it out. There's an art to it. There's no known, like, what level do I use? I, it goes from zero to 100. You can use any of them. Some dogs don't even care about 100 when they're whining. So you have to be creative. Don't let any trainer say you have to use this number. Mm -hmm. We hear that all the time. That's why you rarely hear me and Courtney talk levels in that course or like give numbers specifically right, because Cade's right. levels are not going to be your right, dog's levels. Right. No dog is going to be this. Now, you might have two dogs that are on 20, but that's just quick. That, that doesn't mean that that behavior is a the 20 number behavior. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how to stop whining? 20 is this. If the dog is below six months, it's 18. It's like, it doesn't work that way. So go up and down the aisle and figure it out. And we don't know if it's going to be continuous. We don't know if it's going to be momentary. We don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of trial and error on that one. Next. Um, Katie, literally doing the drills with the kids coming in the room in the bonker right now. It oh. took two times. Thanks for all you did. Look at that. Right on the show. Right on the show. Fix your dog. She just asked that question, Sorry. what, 10 minutes ago, now, 20 minutes ago? Now, work on what we want the dog to do. Yeah. If he doesn't bark, give him some food. Right. So give now him a what reward. you can do is you can do clicker training, too. Here we go. Dog's in a down. Kids walk in. Dog doesn't care. Click reward. Now. If the dog gets overly aroused, you can't do that because now the food is overly arousing the dog. Overly aroused dog, they used to growl at kids. A lot of the times, what do they do? They go, they, they regress to the previous behavior. So if they can take a, um, um, a, a the reward calmly and stay calm, it's very, very beneficial. So now we're teaching the dog, this is what I don't want you to do, which is usually step one. And what I, what I want you to do, if anybody says, oh, you have a better relationship with the dog, blah, 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 blah. You don't need a better relationship with the dog to stop this behavior. You need a better relationship with the dog to stop a lot of almost almost every unwanted behavior. You don't need a relationship with the dog. Next. 
Joyful Canine said, yep, we don't reward kids when they don't kick their peers at school. Expected behavior. Yeah, it's expected behavior. Almost everything out of a dog is an expected behavior. Like when we walk in here to podcast, dogs come in, they lie down. We mm -hmm. don't tell them to lie down. That's the expected behavior. Right before this, we were in the family room. We had, we The dogs were, I don't know, like one might have been outside. One was maybe in my room or one was in Joelle's room. We walked and all sit on the couch together to get work done. Even Angela was on the, the, um, the, the recliner. And... What do we call the dogs to us? That's it. Come on, guys, let's go. And what do they do? They find a spot, they lie down. We don't have to tell them to lie down. They, why? Because we've done it every day. That's what we do. They're our dogs. Like that's what they that's what they do. But even client dogs, we show it all the time. Dogs just stop like running around the room and jumping on things and and and, and sniffing at the front door and researching for things to chew on and, and, and play with. What do they do? They just lie down. Mm -hmm. That's it. Next. GB Buck said, amen to the numbers. Yeah. Yep. They're always going to be changing. Right. Like, Cade wears two collars sometimes, yeah. depending on... Where's a double collar? Where's a double boss? Many, many, many I don't want to say many dogs, but in my career, 50 plus dogs have worn double collars, because one double bosses, because one they didn't care about. And a lot of people are like, oh, wow, you, you didn't need to do that. I could. Everyone's like an expert that doesn't work with a dog that dog Cade's prey drive like he is a savage yeah. i will say he's probably at the top of yeah all the dogs we've yeah. ever worked he's with incredible he doesn't give a shit he he'll does take, not give a he, fuck he will look at a squirrel he'll look at a squirrel stay in a heel be corrected at the highest level on a double boss which is very very uncomfortable he'll make it audible and still he'll still stay in a heel but he'll still look at the squirrel like, you'll see it with the cat at the go home session he did that like I, I kept, I was like, dial up, dial up, dial up. Cause like his owner was just nagging the shit out of right. him. I'm like, dial up. He finally gets to a level that Cade like made an audible. Right. Didn't break a heel. Kept fixating on the cat. Right. Didn't miss a beat. Yep. He was just like, oh, oh, look, there's still a yep. cat there. It's like, oh my right. God. Right. It's, and it's, it's, it, people have to understand that it's like, it's, it's not that hard to, to understand if you understand an apex predator in say an outdoor environment, in its natural environments. Discomfort is usually not going to stop them from certain behaviors. Discomfort is a powerful motivator, but a lot of times, killing a cat is a hell of a better motivator. The potential for killing a cat. Next. Sean said, thank you, Jeff and Joelle. Canton Seminar alumni. Oh, wow. oh look at that. Uh, Michelle, good evening. You guys are awesome. Boarded Rosie last week, and the trainer said she was amazing. Thank you. Good. Oh, good. Congratulations. Great. Maggie, one-year-old Mal, he's very solid on commands on and off leash. Recently brought home a new puppy, and mm -hmm. he's obsessed. Yep. He's slower to react to my commands. Yep. Correct? Is it correct to have him wear his e-collar unless he's on free time? No, even on free time, he can wear it. Yeah. Your dog can, just there. Your dog can, your dog can wake up in the morning, put the, put the equipment on. Because this is the thing. This is the question. How do I have a conversation with my dog during waking hours? An e-collar is the most effective way. Now you've got a built-in distraction that literally will blow away all your training. Or here's a great example. Dog normally responds to my voice, but now it doesn't even respond to like levels, say, under 20 or 30. It's like, I know. Why? Because the puppy's more important than you right now. So I would make the um, your dog use this as a training opportunity to work the dog around the distraction. Because at one years old, that's that's still really really young. This is just many many distractions in this dog's life where it's going to have to listen to, to you, or the owner next. 
Michelle, so thanks for reading my question. Got some ideas and things to work on. Okay. Awesome. You're welcome. Yeah, we got tons more. Um, let's see. GB Buck said, when dogs stop doing unwanted stuff, the relationship instantly improves, Heck just yeah. like us. Yeah. 100%. 100%. There's a narrative out there. So there's this huge false narrative out there. There's tons of false narratives out there. E-cowers will ruin a relationship. Bullshit. Never seen it in my life. Okay. Every dog that comes into us for a boarding train, owners have owned from anywhere from three months to 10 years. The relationship, and they never have worn an e-cower. They have the worst relationship ever with their dog. Why? It's your dog. It lives with you. You've owned it for years. Why don't you have a good relationship with your dog? Why does your dog not listen to you? Why does your dog blow you off? Why does your dog do all these bad behaviors around you? Why is your dog redirecting on you? Why is your dog fighting in front of you? Why is your dog jumping on everybody, jumping on you, not listening to you, stealing your stuff? Like, Every dog we've ever worked with has pretty much had a shitty relationship with their owner. Meanwhile, after training, and then they're home within sometimes a day, a week, a month. I cannot believe the relationship I have with my dog now. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you know? Literally the first thing, I'm going to keep using Kay's as an example because I feel like he just, just went home. he just went home. The first thing his owner said was it's so nice waking up and not being frustrated with my dog. Yeah. As soon as I wake yeah. up in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I know. Isn't it? Isn't it great? Yeah. People Crazy. do this. They're, they're, now, if you have a puppy, you got to get up early. How many people are getting up to whining and barking, though, an hour before they want to get up? They That's have, what and, he's doing. And they, and they have an adult dog. Yep. It's like, imagine a dog. Imagine this. Imagine back when I, back when, the, when, the, when, Gyms were open 24 hours a day pre-COVID, and I would go to a gym, say, at 4 in the morning, all right? But dogs don't go outside until 5 or 6 in the morning. I'd get up, and I, I, I this, is, this was also when I was uh, living at the training center for a little bit. I would get up. There's 30 dogs in the, in the training room. Go to the bathroom, you know, get ready, for the, get ready for the gym. Not one dog made a peep. Not one dog. Oh, Jeff's here. I guess it's time to get up. It's like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not just because my presence doesn't make you get up and whine. My presence doesn't mean anything. So same with your own family dogs. It's like, just because you get up, that doesn't mean the dog should be like, oh, are we going to do something now? It's like, no, we're not doing anything now. I'm going to the gym. Next. Um, 434 Damien says, hey, guys, keep up the good work. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Joyful Canine, I have limited Vishla experience. New client, 10 months old. If you touch this dog, he pees, soft as ever. They already have the e-collar. I did conditioning session. Halfway through, the dog would not down. That, that makes sense. Yeah, we so, usually don't do down session one. We don't do down session one at all. Um, so invasive. So it's 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 cold up there right now where you are. You should see if you can make that a, sp a spring or summer clients. Because dogs like that, we work outside at the beginning because they pee so much. Mm -hmm. So it's probably ner it's probably nervous, anxious, anxious pee. So what you got to do is we, we would work that dog slow as non-invasive as we can like heal we'll work on simple stuff like just recall like, let's go yeah. just follow me around oh by the way there's a place bed there just like walk out of the place bed cool awesome i'm not gonna even make you sit her down wonderful let's keep going hey look there's a step there jump up on the step get off the step wonderful that's so good that's great um and to do all, and then also watch your voice because excitement voices might make the dog pee as well. That's why you want to talk neutral. Watch the food. The dog might get overexcited about food and pee as well. So pretty much dogs like that were, were like, 
I wouldn't. So yeah, I wouldn't lump that as a Vishla issue because I've worked. I've worked with some incredible no, Vishlas. Vishlas are driving dogs. That driving, could just be driving neurotic dogs sometimes. That dog. We work with so many dogs that have got nervous pee, and I, I wouldn't be able to tell you the breed of them because it's not a breed issue; it's a dog issue. Next. Ari said, what is your protocol if an owner can't put collars on the dog because it growls or bites and you can't correct it because there's no tools on yet? If you use a bonker and the dog gets more mad, you can't enforce anything. Do you just not take those clients? Oh, God, no. We love those clients. Yeah, no, we no, 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 no. We, no, we take those clients. We, we have to take those clients. If, if it's the right client, we'll take the client, obviously, if they're open to, if they're open to our training because they're struggling with it. They can't get a collar on their dog. So... There's a couple of things you can do. Um, we have a free video called Rupert Dog Collar Conditioning. Collar Rupert conditioning. Collar Conditioning. Okay. This is a dog that hospitalized, hospitalized two family members when it saw a collar or a leash. Not any collar. It's not a knee collar conversation. Any collar. Wasn't it like a towel too? Because you had to like wipe his paws. Also, when it saw a little cotton towel because they wiped its paws after every walk. They had a really nice New York City apartment. Nice, um, I think it was carpeting. And um, it's a bulldog. And they wanted to, they, they wiped the paws off. Anytime it saw that, it attacked them. Attacked. Didn't just bite. It attacked them. So uh, I, we sh I show you with full transparency how we got a collar on the dog and how we made the um uh the towel uh not something to bite and how to do it in fact when this dog first came in i made a i made a, a, a snarky video saying watch by the end of this dog's boarding train the dog's gonna be across the room i'm gonna call the dog and i was sitting in a chair so i'm gonna call the dog over to me it's gonna get up on a little step stool and i'm gonna be able to put its collar on and no problem at all and what do you know that's what happened. So um, now the if you're bonking and it's making the dog worse, but dogs going into defense, you might be bonking incorrectly. I don't know. What you can also do is can you get a slip lead on I was the just dog? Just going to say, put a slip lead on the dog, so you have one leash on the dog, or even a collar with a leash on the dog, so you, you do have control. And then you probably a slip lead you should be able to get on though, because you don't need the dog's participation for that. You just lasso the dog. Um, uh, and then now you start working the protocol with one collar on already. So you've got a collar leash set up already on the dog, and you're trying to put another collar on. So you do it as a training protocol. And believe it or not, you we, we use a clicker in food or a yes marker in food for your for your uh, for your yes. And then we'd also use um, a bonker on that as well. Next, um, joyful canine backing up with the remote is a great idea. Can have the parents over, change up no marker, and back her up with the remote. Yeah. For the next day with the dog. Yeah, because dogs don't, dogs don't, I mean, first of all, I don't mind if the dog knows who's using the remotes. In fact, I want the dog to know that I actually corrected it. So you want to talk about relationship building. I want you, dog, to know I, I'm the one that said yes, and I'm the one that said no. But then you need to make it universal to the whole family because that's who lives with the dog. Um, but when, when you're doing a lot of protocols with owners, training owners, they're, they're still working on leash handling skills. So they, as long as they say no, and you use the remote, then, then it works out fine, because the owner said the no marker. Next. Obviously, Freya was in a situation yesterday, and she acted fine without the use of the e-collar, but I was sure glad the remote was in my pocket. Uh, your dog should. Mm -hmm. Everybody's personal dog should be listening once they're trained without, without, without the use of tools. But a lot of times, depends on how your dog is trained too. So we have a we have a four step system on how we train dogs on e cowers. 
some trainers out there, which doesn't make it right or wrong, but it's just something to be aware of. The dog only listens when it's prompted. Some dogs only listen when your hand goes in your pocket to get to get food. That's that's also a prompt. So we want the dog eventually to avoid the consequence. So now the motivation is the dog is avoiding the consequence, but that gets flipped. The dog's only doing it because it's afraid of getting shocked. And I'm like, no, the dog is doing it because, yeah, they don't want there to be the consequence. Angelo's bedtime is 8.30. He has to go to bed at 8.30. He knows there's a consequence for going to bed later than 8.30. And obviously, no, for all the fucking stupid people that like, what do you put a shot call on your dog? It's like, that's such a stupid, ignorant comment to make. Um and it actually just shows how horrific your mind is. Um, no, but we all should have consequences for ourselves, our relationships, work, child rearing, everything. The way we drive, we live in a world of consequences. Next. Glenn said, honestly, my dog only needed two corrections on the e-collar to walk a semi-perfect heel and also drastically improving in dog reactivity. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot of the times the normal conversation a lot of other dogs take a lot more than that and then obviously you have to still teach the dog how to heal so everyone keep that in mind if you're brand new to our world if you're brand new to e-cowers if you if people think that they can just correct their dog or and it drags you down the street and all of a sudden it's going to heal there's way too more to it than that now getting your dog to not go to the trash can yep that works counter that works litter box that works but for obedience you still have to understand how to train the dog how to actually do an obedience command next Diane said, hello, happy holidays to you both and Angelo. Oh, thank you. Um, Sarah, doing green to graduate. I'd previously taught my GSC place, but not with auto down. Today I tried adding in the down and he needed a lot of leash pressure. Yep. He also knows down. Yep. It was like he regressed, kept hesitating to place, needed a lot of leash pressure. Yep. Kids were also in the room, which sometimes stresses him. Bingo. Expecting too much too soon or mm -hmm. keep pushing through? No, you're not expecting too much too soon. It's called dog training for a reason. So um, I used to compete in triathlons. When I first started, I probably couldn't have done a 5K. Well, I shouldn't say that because I actually did cross country and I could do a 5K, but I probably couldn't do, you know, um, you know, a 10 mile run, 75, hour, 75 mile bike ride and a half mile swim, let's say. Um, or if I would do a duathon, I couldn't do like 10, 75, 10 or five, five, 55, whatever. Um, the point being is it's training. It's training. So you're not expecting too much too soon. The dog, number one, get the kids out of the room first. Downing in stressful situations is very difficult dog for dogs to do. The reason why your dog is hesitating on the down on a place bed because it's a different type of surface than the ground. So, and you guess what you do? A lot of leash pressure. Don't be afraid to use leash pressure. We've stepped on leashes and just waited the dog out. I'll wait a dog out for 10, 15 minutes before. Guess what, though? Next time, seven minutes. Guess what? Next time, two minutes. By the sixth time, seventh time, dog does it automatically. So in an hour or maybe two sessions, you can all of a sudden stop using leash pressure. And then you want to transfer that over to remote collar pressure. But leash pressure is important to, for a dog to understand. Next. Wilhelmina. Oh, my God, it's Lynn. Hey, hi, you guys. Miss you. We oh, haven't seen you in oh, forever. I hope in. you're well. I hope you're doing really well. I had to go to a positive-only puppy class for a new Dane. I know. I know. Yeah, don't worry about it. By the end of the class, the instructor agreed to pinch collar and e-collar for additional training. She got it. Made my day. 
Good. That's great. Yeah, but but a lot of the people that are going to public socialization classes, yeah. it's like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Literally, you're, you're there for the, the primary reason to you. We would have our clients. You know how to train a dog, Lynn. Yeah, you're just have, doing it for we, socialization. We would have our clients to be like, how do I get my puppy socialized? I'm like, go to one of those, go to a, go to a, any socialization class with puppies. I don't care how they train. Right. Just like, just go. Just go. As long as, as long as dogs are not gaining up on your dog, and your dog's not hiding underneath the chair and, and the trainer is allowing the dogs to still gang up on it. But other than that, as long as the trainer is knowledgeable about like proper behavior with puppies interacting, who who cares how they train? Who cares what if they're against tools or not? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Next. Edge said, I remember when a trainer swore dogs could be trained always under level 13. Meanwhile, two years later, she got a working dog and does the two-box e-collar route. Every dog is different. Always got to adapt. Yeah. I mean, we have to be careful about that. Every dog is different. So, so kudos to you for like sharing that story. And this is not to you. It just remind me about something. It's like people say every dog is different. So I'm like, yes, but almost all dogs, almost all universally can be trained pretty much the same way. There is some troubleshooting with it, but there is standard operating procedures on how you train obedience commands. We have absolutely get dogs that are like, well, I don't, I don't learn that way. We, we get those. But the majority of dogs, like our green to graduate course, you know, thousands of those have been sold. Pretty much, it's a blueprint for how to train your dog to be off leash. Almost every dog goes, okay, sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. But obviously, <laughs> there's some tweaking and troubleshooting to do it. But I just want people to be, care of, be, be, be careful about the comments. Every dog has to be trained different, meaning some dogs don't need e-cowers. I will make a statement. I've made it before. And I will continue to make it, and and, and this will be a sword that I will die on. 100% of dogs can be trained on an e-cower. Now, does that mean you need to use one? No, but they can be. We cannot say that about food. And anybody that works with dogs knows damn well there are dogs that don't take food. They do not take food, even when... You've built a relationship with them. They just will not take food during training. So, but 100% can be trained on a knee cower. Next. Um, let's see. Edge said, I would argue for the double box dogs. If the budget wasn't a constraint, I would have recommended a chameleon. Sucks there's so much money. Yeah. But the problem is they're not mass produced yet. Once Bart gets, you know, into a, into a level where they can be mass produced, but maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he wants to be the specialized thing. So, um, so the thing is, plus there's also, um, I, mean, I don't know if in Europe they're cheaper. Like, I don't know if they're cheaper. Over there. I mean, the euro the euro is not doing as well against the dollar, so I'm not, I'm not. No, I think it's doing better right now. Now it is? I think our money loses value in Europe. I think that's the way the conversion rate is right now. Now? Yes. It's been that way since summer when we went. We were losing money converting but things were priced differently, though. Things were yeah. money, though. That's what I mean. That's true. So, in other words, it, it might be more in euros, but it was so. In other words, when you go to a restaurant, say the sandwich was twelve euros. So, but it would. But if you switch it to dollars, it's it was it almost lined up with fair pricing of dollars. I don't know. I just remember being like, the euros doing better than the dollar. I remember that being in my mind. Like it's worth more than. The U.S. dollar. No. Unless I'm just... You're getting it reversed. Okay. It's okay. Um, Billy says, Hola, God, I miss you guys. 
both rounds of the spectrum, a reactive dog and a fearful dog will have a better life with proper training yeah. and a good old-fashioned e-collar. Yeah. All dogs do better with training and behavior modification and, and state-of-mind work. It's already 8.08. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, we have to go. All right. So, today's Monday, so Wednesday. See everybody Wednesday, tomorrow in the community. I will see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. My morning show, Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff, is um, uh, uh, switched to the community. And if you want to join the community, um, oh, wow, it's it's 1.09. Wow, that's dramatically changed. See? So isn't that, doesn't that mean it's worth more? It's about the same now. No, I'm telling you. When we were there, when, when we, we were there, it was like that too. It was like no, was maybe like, not that dramatic. It was like one point two seven. You say so? No, just, just go back in history. Just check the rates. <laughs> just check the rates. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for being here. Madly love with you. Bye. Bye.